Welcome to the House for All Sinners and Saints podcast. We are a mission congregation of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. The sermon is coming to you from Denver, Colorado. Grace, peace, and mercy is yours from the triune God. Amen. If you were able to hear that you are the salt of the earth reading from today and not have a song from the musical Godspell worm through your head, then more power to you. But uh, I'm not that mentally strong and have been reading this text over and over all week. Ergo, I have had let your light so shine before men stuck in my head for about five days. See, we're in the middle of uh, four weeks worth of gospel readings, all taken from the Sermon on the Mount. Last week, um, a couple dozen people were here and heard Jesus' <laughs> beatitudes. Blessed are the poor, blessed are those who mourn. And this week, Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth, you are the light of the world. And as someone who did not particularly feel like something as purifying and essential as salt or as illuminating and luminescent as light this week, I started to wonder if he didn't really mean me. Surely he means people who don't have a drinking problem and who never yell at their kids and who always give dollars to the homeless folks at stoplights, that they are the salt of the earth and the light of the world. Surely those who Jesus would call the salt of the earth and the light of the world are a superior class of people, nothing like myself. This is what I told myself this week as I was trying to figure out what I related to in this text. So I went into the Sermon on the Mount in the Gospel of Matthew to try and discover what I could about who this special class of awesome, salty, light-bearing people were. Okay, this is when Pastor Nadia offers another nerdy installment of her History of the Bible lesson, this week's topic, chapters, and verses. Now, while having the Bible broken into chapters and verses makes it easier to find things and to reference them, the Bible didn't like come with them. There were no chapter numbers in the Bible until the 13th century, and no verse numbers until the 16th century. God did not add the chapters. Jesus never like sat down and divided his sermons into verses. So you totally have permission to ignore chapters and verses. Those separations were added later. I mention this because I defiantly ignored the arbitrary separation between the fourth and the fifth chapters of Matthew this week, and I'm glad I did. Because honestly, some monk in the 13th century who decided where Matthew chapter 4 ended is definitely not the boss of me. (laughs) The last verses of chapter 4 say this. Jesus' fame spread throughout all Syria, and they brought to him all the sick, those who were afflicted with various diseases and pains, demoniacs, epileptics, and paralytics, and he cured them. Great crowds followed him from a bunch of places I can't pronounce, which is where chapter 4 ends, which is stupid because the first verse of chapter 5 says, when Jesus saw the crowds, when he saw the demoniacs, and the epileptics, and the people in pain. He went up to the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he said, then he began to speak and taught them, saying, now these are the Beatitudes we heard last week. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. 
See, here's why it's good to ignore the chapter and verse separations. Because it's so easy for us to default to hearing Jesus' Sermon on the Mount as pure exhortation. As though he's giving us a list of things we should try and be so we can be blessed. Be meeker, be poorer, and be mournier. (laughs) And you will meet the conditions of earning Jesus' blessing. Be salt and light people. But the thing is, it's hard to imagine Jesus exhorting a crowd of demoniacs and epileptics to be meeker. He wasn't telling them what to try and become. He was telling them, you're blessed, and you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. These wretched, broken people and those who accompany them were his special class of people to whom he preached. I mean, perhaps there were people in the crowd who totally had their crap together, people who had solid relationships and had paid off their student loans and always backed up their hard drives. (laughs) People who had nothing that they felt shame about and who didn't have terrible secrets and who knew exactly what they were doing. Of course, that is possible, that those people were in the crowd. It's just that's not who we are told we're coming to Jesus The ones we are told were coming to Jesus, the ones presumably to whom he was preaching, were described as the sick and those who were in pain and those who fought with demons, who were broken and addicted and late on their back taxes, who had more than one ex-wife and watched too much Netflix and think that maybe a little bit of heroin might be a good idea. In other words, they were the people standing in the need of God. And standing in the need of God is standing in the path of blessedness in a way that having it all together never is. Yesterday at my office hours, someone talked about how they had given up on church because church seemed to be a place that only well people went. People who were doing just great and totally had it all together. And if that is not who you were, then you just had to pretend for as long as you could. What's weird about that is that it's clearly not who came to see Jesus when Jesus was walking around the earth. It's just who we at some point decided Jesus wanted us to be after he'd left. These people, the the ones left behind in the last verses of chapter 4, they follow Jesus in a way that the least and the last and the lost and the lonely have always followed him. And then he gives them a blessing. You are the blessed, he said. And then right after that, right after the Beatitudes, he says, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. To the flawed and sick and crippled, he says, your bodies are created wonders filled with light. The salt in your tears and in your sweat is a reminder that you were created from dust and the very breath of God like we hear in Genesis 2. I thought that to be the light of the world, to let your light so shine before men, you have to be whole and strong and perfect, that special class of people I'll never belong to. But perhaps this is when we best listen to the words of the anthem of the prophet Leonard Cohen. (laughs) Ring the bells that still can ring. Forget your perfect offering. There's a crack in everything. That's how the light gets in. In other words, it is exactly at our points of weakness, of pain, of brokenness, of insufficiency that force us, like those who originally followed Jesus, to stand in the need of God, to stand in the need of the true light. So perhaps those cracks made from bad choices, 
from anxiety and depression and addiction and struggle and remorse. Maybe those cracks are what lets the light of God in. And maybe those same cracks are also how the light gets out. We perhaps should not miss the fact that Jesus does not say, here are the conditions you must meet in order to be the salt of the earth. He does not say, here are the standards of wholeness you must fulfill in order to be light for the world. He looks out into the crowd of people in pain, people who have been broken open, people who bear cracks that let in and out the light, who have the salt of sweat and tears on their broken bodies. He looks at them and he says, you are the salt of the earth. You, you're the light. You have that of God within you, the God whose light scatters the darkness. Your imperfect and beautiful bodies are made of chemicals with holiness shining in it. You are made of dust and the very breath of God. In other words, okay, maybe you're a broken jerk and Jesus trusts you. Don't wait until you feel as though you have met the conditions of being holy. Trust that Jesus knows what he's doing. Trust that Jesus knows what he's talking about. And that you already are salt and light and love and grace. Don't try to be it. Know that you already are it. And then, for the love of God, take that seriously. The world needs you. You have been listening to the House for All Sinners and Saints podcast. Feel free to join us at our Sunday Eucharist worship service at 4 or 6. Yes, that's in the evening. Our 4 o'clock service includes a children's liturgy. We worship at the St. Thomas Episcopal Church in the Park Hill neighborhood of Denver. You can find out more about House for All Sinners and Saints at houseforall.org. And just like our friends at Public Radio, there is a place to donate to help keep the lights on and this podcast coming your way. Thanks for listening.